because what we ha- what we what we're doing here with you, you do the Twitter chat and then you got this Foxer thing, and to some extent they're both the same in which that they are they're they're like a fart in the wind. They they're there they have an impact for a moment, but there's no real lasting power if you can if you can grab onto my analogy there. But what you have with something that's more permanent, it would be something you can refer to in the future that you can go back to. That would be a, a, a podcast. Welcome to the Connected TL Voxcast. This is a -a one-of-a-kind broadcast in which we are taking the conversations that connected teacher leaders are having in our Voxer group each week and boiling it down to share the highlights with the rest of the world in a podcast. This week, we were discussing using screencasting and how that fits into the SAMR model in the classroom. All right, welcome, everybody. My name is Roland, and I am your host this time around. And we started this week with asking... Uh, a simple question, which was, if I was to take the oral presentation, the traditional oral presentation, and have a student put that into a digital presentation on something like Google Slides, and then use a screencasting tool like Snagit to use their voice, to record their voice over the presentation, and then submit a digital presentation instead, where would that sit on the SAMR model? And quickly, the conversation took an interesting turn. We'll start here with Christina. It's funny that you mentioned the SAMR model and not sure like where things fit in. That's why I'm not a fan of the SAMR model, actually, because I don't think, I think sometimes you need substitutions. Sometimes you need this, sometimes you need that. I'm actually a really big fan of the TPAC model. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's basically you're looking at what are you, you look at the um, technology, the pedagogy, and then the content knowledge. So you ask yourself, what do I want them to know? How am I going to teach it? And then what technology am I going to use to do it? So, or something like that. So it's like, it's more of a cyclical kind of thing instead of it's like, it's more of the overlap. Like, what am I going to use instead of it falling into this, like, you know, hierarchy. So, because sometimes it's okay just to use substitution. Sometimes it's okay, you know, that, that you're not always shooting for that higher level. So um, it really just depends on what you want your kids to get out of it, right? So after that, Tom had a point of clarification that he wanted to bring into the conversation. The SAMR model is not a hierarchy. It's actually just a model. And yes, Christina, you are correct that there are a lot of times where substitution is okay and substitution is needed and substitution is the goal of the technology. We did a whole podcast series of the SAMR model and how it came about and, you know, its creator, uh, Ruben Puente Dura, you know, he said it's okay that sometimes, you know what, substitution is going to be where it's at or substitution is going to be what's needed. You don't always have to shoot for redefinition because it's not a hierarchy like Bloom's or any of the others. But yes, the TPEC model is also great. We actually, when we were looking at our digital implementation and stuff, we have a TPEC committee that comes up with our technology mission statement and our technology uh, implementation plan for one-to-one. So yeah, both of those models are very great. Even though we did four podcasts on the SAMR model, one at each level, uh, Roland's question still evades me sometimes. Like, okay, where is it? Like he said, this can fall in different places depending on the delivery of the content. And I don't think that's a weakness of the SAMR model. 
I think that's its strength because you can easily move from substitution into the augment. I always get this wrong. In, into augmenting or into that redefinition or modification level. So I, I like the fact that it's that sliding scale type of thing. Okay, so SAMR is not necessarily a hierarchy, that the substitution is no better or worse than redefinition. Uh, Kate wanted to chime in on this as well. Oh, I like that a lot, Tom. I'm thinking of SAMR as a sliding scale. Like, I'm, also, I'm, I'm thinking about it like a spectrum because... Roland, part of why maybe you're, you're struggling to, to put it into the S, the A, the M, or the R is that it's probably a, a little bit of S, a little bit of A. Like, that's what I was going to argue. But I think, I think it's actually like S and A. So if it was on a sliding scale, your lesson would be hovering between the S and the A. Maybe a little bit more S. But, but here's the thing. Like, my guess is that that's not going to be the only thing that your students are going to do with these podcasts or not podcasts, these um, screencasts. So what I would say to you is, okay, that's part one of a larger project. Like how are they? So you may be substituting the in-class oral presentation, but then how are you changing class time or home time on task to have the students like, watch video versus listening in class. What are the students gonna do with these screencasts? Are they gonna watch each other's? Are they going to compose, uh, fill out a Google form that's also created where they're doing like some assessment pieces? Are they going to do some writing that's attached to it and maybe some reflecting based on these screencasts? Are they going to review each other? Are they going to then take the results of their peer reviews and analyze the data? and reach a different, uh, reach a conclusion about their listening and speaking skills, because you may be substituting that component of the larger piece, but that's not the end all be all. I mean, even if they take that and then embed it on their portfolio and then do a reflection on the meaning of it or what, like, do you get what I'm saying? So that's where the M and the R very well may come in. And so rather than it being, which category does it fall into? Maybe how does it hit each of the S, A, M and R's, right? So like, this one project hit, substitutes blank, augments blank, modifies blank, and redefines blank. And maybe this project doesn't doesn't modify anything, so that one's nothing. But there may be ways in which it, it does the other three. So, Okay, so one task might not be in just one place on the SAMR model. Based on what you're doing, multiple parts of any task might fit in multiple places on that model. Okay, back to Christina. Okay, let me just say, Tom, you just blew, Christina from Brazil, by the way, Tom, you just blew my mind. It's funny because I was told it's a hierarchy and you must, you must reach for this. You must always, we should be moving towards this. And that's funny because I never really stopped it. And that's why I was like, I don't like this. Kate, totally get what you're saying, that it's like pieces of it. And I think, you know, it's, it's really more about the student experience than actually, you know, the technology anyway, right? So are we augmenting the student experience, right? That kind of stuff. So so then Jody had much to pitch in that really brought a lot of clarification to the conversation. I've really been working really hard to convey the message that this is a, a tool for reflection, a tool to make sure that you are thinking about really rich integration, not a tool that you are at a static point. And it is a sliding scale. In, in response to, to Roland's question about 
the slideshow with the turned into a movie with audio. Uh, I, I really agree with Kate that it's all in what you do with it. It's not about this video product. It's about how it's used. And so just the fact that the student can go back and listen to their own presentation. The fact that a teacher can listen to that presentation more than once in order to provide feedback and assessment. Uh, the fact that a student can re-record pieces of their audio until they're satisfied, I think really speaks to it going beyond uh, a, a regular uh, oral in the class because that student can't hear themselves. The teacher's got one shot to grade it. And if the student flubs up, they flub up. So I really think that, that right there it can be looked at as augmentation. But as Kate was describing, re responding and reflecting, really if you if you deepen that response and that reflection and the student reflecting on their presentation style and what they would do next, and getting more in-depth feedback than would typically be um, they would typically be able to get from their peers in class time because maybe peers would reflect deeply on a few of the presentations rather than quick feedback on everybody's presentation and that kind of thing really does modify the learning that's going on and I really kind of feel that 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 those upper stages really are about audience and and how you're reaching an audience and if you've got that video presentation, you can really put it out there and share it beyond the four walls of the classroom, beyond the walls of the school. And you can, if you think about your purpose and your reason for sharing it and who's going to see it, really start taking it to a redefinition level. It all depends on what you're going to do with it. I only just learned about the TPAC model, and so it's something that I'm just starting to get into and explore, but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that too. Okay, so with any given activity or task, the same activity or task, depending on the teacher and depending on how they use it and intend to use it, can actually fall on different places in the SAMR model. Then Ryan chimed in and he gave yet another example of using screencasting in the classroom and wanted everyone to take a stab. Now with our shared understanding of how a task can fit on the SAMR model as to where this one would fit. But how about this? I'm going to share it, and I'm not going to tell you what I think it is in terms of the SAMR model. I'll let, well, let's see what you guys think, because I'm not sure. This is a lesson I never actually did. This is one that I had I created as an example for my elementary school teachers to use. And so what this is was, I'll just tell you what it, what it was, and then you tell me what you th where you think it would fit. The idea of taking a book, using a, a tablet. Here, this was an iPad in which to take pictures of this book, then for the student to put those pictures into a storyboard, then uh, read the text of the book on each of, as each of those images comes up, uh, reading that book uh, while the pictures come up, and then adding some bells and whistles along the way, meaning like, you know, sound effects and music and all that kind of stuff. So where would you put that in terms of the SAMR model? And we will end today's VoxCast on Jody's response to Ryan. Um, audiobook project. I guess I'll start with, with an assumption, and assumptions are always, you know, iffy things. But I'm going to assume that we're all in the same boat of we have curriculums that can't possibly fit into the school year. And there isn't time for 
I just did it because, because I wanted to. We always, we always kind of need to, to be tying stuff back to the curriculum. And in fact, that's what we try to reinforce with our teachers is start with the why. Start with, with what you want the students to learn and use the technology to enrich that rather than starting with the technology you want to use and then figuring out what it can teach. And so if Ryan was a teacher who asked me, you know, where does this project fall in the SAMR scale? I would probably probe a little with the why. Why are you doing this project? If Ryan came back and said, well, you know, every year we take our students down to grade one and we pair up the students and they read to the grade one students. So this year we just thought we'd make audiobooks and ship the audiobooks down instead. Well, then you have something that is substitution at best instead of going ourselves we sent the audiobooks probably not a great substitution because you're missing the pairing up of the students and that social aspect and the older kids teaching the younger kids to like reading and uh, the younger kids looking up to the older kids and the older kids feeling empowered and so you're losing some of what you were doing and there doesn't seem to be a real clear pedagogical reason why do the project on the other hand, if Ryan says, well, my students aren't reading very accurately, they're not being attentive to punctuation or pacing or intonation, so the fluency is kind of in the in the dumps, and I really want to give the students a real-world audience and a real reason to be attentive to accuracy and fluency and, and really work on that with them. So we're making these books where they are really attentive to being accurate and fluent so that they can create these awesome products that they are then going to package and, uh, and share on a website with the grade one students so that the grade one students can listen anytime they want they are models of fluency and accuracy for the for the younger kids the kids in ryan's class can be proud of them well, then we're looking at something that is maybe modification or redefinition. But even the best redefinition project, if the redefinition project isn't tied to a pedagogical why, then you end up with a so what. So I did this really redefined project, but I didn't have any curricular goal. I didn't have anything that the students learned. Then it doesn't really matter where it is on the SAMR scale. You need to start with the why first. So I think that's where I would go with that one. Okay, that concludes our very first VoxCast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to encourage you to join our Twitter chats every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And our handle is at ConnectedTL, which stands for Connected Teacher Leaders. Hope to see you there. You're also welcome to join our Voxer group and hear these conversations live and hear all the extra fun banter that goes along with our conversations. If you are interested, go to www.connectedtl.com slash Voxer, V-O-X-E-R, to fill out the form to join the group. Lastly, if you'd like to see show notes from resources that were shared throughout the week in our Voxer chat, you can go to www.connectedtl.com slash Voxcast, V-O-X-C-A-S-T, to see these episodes embedded and also any show notes and links to the individuals who contributed uh, to find their either websites or Twitter handles. Hope to see you again soon.